Tonight, you folks at home and we here in the Coliseum will watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. Andrew lets it fly at the buzzer for the win. All right, so we are back for another edition of The Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel. And this week, lots to touch on as we have already had a very much full offseason of moves. And the Wolves have been very, very active looking at what they've done so far is how we're going to start this episode. And then we'll dive into, obviously, the draft a little bit and then take a look at what the future holds for this team. So lots to get to on this week's edition of The Howl. One of the big news stories recently, you know, we had the issues obviously during the summer with uh, Malik Beasley and his off-the-court issues. We touched on that a little bit last episode. But now we have a new kind of, uh, it's a personal issue obviously of his, but it does affect the team just in the fact that here you have Malik Beasley, a player that, you know, really had some pretty serious charges that, you know, the Wolves are fortunate. It sounds like there's going to be no legal ramifications just in terms of him going to jail or anything like that, which I think is one of those things we weren't sure of earlier on in the process. But now I think at this point we're pretty sure, like, my understanding is that the Wolves, uh, the Wolves' understanding at least is that he is not going to be facing prison time. It does, however, sound like he is going to be facing a suspension. Well, with all that in mind, you would think, if you're Malik Beasley, the one thing you'd want to do is stay out of the spotlight, right? You know, you just want to kind of be behind the scenes, just do your job, do good work, put in the hard work. And we know he's a hard worker. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from him. But now you have this off-the-court stuff where he's something about, you know, he's with three different women, uh, Larsa Pippen, obviously the, the mother of his child. There's just so much going on there. And to me, Malik Beasley just maybe needs to st- take a step back and maybe realize that this isn't the best thing. And it sounds like uh, some people have said the Wolves organization might be a little upset about this, and I, I honestly don't blame them. I mean, the one thing you expect from a guy that has had the issues that he's had off the court uh, recently, and again, he hasn't even finished all his court dates. Now, granted, like we said, he's probably not going to, to jail, which is a good thing, but he is going to be getting suspended for this. There's a lot going on there, and if you're the Wolves, you know, you sit Malik Beasley down and say, man, 
you need to chill. You got to calm down. You got to stop doing all this extra stuff. Focus on basketball. Now he's, you know, Malik Beasley is saying the right things now, and and that's great. That's the one thing that you could ask of him, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna interview a guy, we know obviously we're we're starting up training camp soon. There's a lot going on, and players are getting interviewed in all these little press conferences, and uh, there's like there's like Zoom meetings, things like that. So there's a lot to 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 really take from that, and so. He said the right things, which is good to see. But again, there's obviously some red flags there, and that's one thing that the uh, the Wolves really need to watch out for. And hopefully, they can keep him on the straight and narrow. His focus needs to be on basketball now, and that's where we'll see if you know if he's really serious about this. And I think he is. I do think that it's just going to take a little time. And he's now that he has basketball to focus on with training camp starting, with the season not that long away, preseason games starting in the next two weeks. There's a lot to look forward to, and if you're Malik Beasley, you can hopefully focus on that, and, and all this other extra stuff is going to die down. Again, I'm not judging a person for how they choose to live their personal life. That's their business, and in, in this case, of course, Malik Beasley just kind of uh, some things obviously spiraled a little out of control for him in his personal life, and again, I'm not judging him for that. That's not my place to do that, but if you're the Timberwolves, you say to yourself, all right, man, let's just uh, you know, let's take a step back here. And let's focus on basketball. And that's obviously what they've tried to do. So we'll see uh, what happens there. Just to kind of go over some of the stuff uh, that's kind of occurred this week. Uh, we have a, a few quotes from players. Uh, so uh, watch our Hernan Gomez on Ricky Rubio. Uh, we play really good together. He's from Minnesota. If you ask him where he's been most happy in his life, he's going to say Minnesota. Now, I did hear from talking to a, a kind of a Wolves insider or maybe like a fan, if you will. Uh, someone was telling me that. Rubio actually possibly still owns a condo here. And so obviously, you know, he has rent my understanding is he's rented that out to players and things like that. So he's he's made that available to players since he's left, but obviously uh his heart is obviously a Minnesota thing. And if you're a Wolves fan, you're a Ricky Rubio fan is my I mean, I'm one of Ricky's biggest fans there is. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. And there's so much to like about Ricky Rubio on and off the court, and he's going to bring so much to this team. I think it's arguably the best pickup of the offseason. And there's, and there's other moves to get to, right? Like Ricky Rubio wasn't the only thing the Wolves ended up accomplishing. There's so many other things. Resigning Malik Beasley, despite what we talked about with the off-the-court issues, I think that was key to our success. And we gave a first-round pick to get Beasley and Juancho Hernan Gomez. The goal was to keep them, and we were able to do that on both guys. Uh, one thing Malik Beasley does say, he gets quoted here, I can control being able to learn from my mistakes, learn from the things I got to grow from. But other than that, I'm just ready to get on the court and get the season going. And then he also says, I appreciate the Timberwolves' support, and I'm 100% focused on the court this year and doing what we have to do. So again, he's saying the right things. Again, time will tell whether he does the right things, but uh, at least it's a step in the right direction. Uh, another pickup that just happened recently was the Wolves did pick up Roddy Hollis-Jefferson a player that I think fits what we're trying to do really, really well, gives us some much-needed power forward depth, and he's a player that is going to be able to step in, help on the defensive end. It's something that we really need is more competent defenders. There's a number of guys on this team that are question marks on the defensive end. So the more guys you can bring in that are going to be productive on that end of the basketball court, that's going to be huge for productivity. And now here's the thing with RHJ. Uh, and you want to consider this. So with RHJ, that maxes out our roster. Now, the way to free up a roster spot would be to cut Jalen Noel. 
which I do think that's an option. We do also have a two-way deal available. So that tends to make you think, what are they going to do with Jordan McLaughlin? All signs point to them wanting him back. That's what you're hearing from guys like Doogie, guys like John Krasinski. They want him back, and that's no surprise. He was fantastic for them last year, and especially given the COVID concerns that we're going to have entering the season. We're not doing a bubble. This is not a bubble. This is going to be a real season. Now, granted, my understanding is there's no fans as of this point, and I would be surprised if there were fans at any point. Maybe second half of the season, maybe playoffs, just depending on how the vaccine works and how the direction of this virus and how we are treating it goes. That's going to be kind of the the key with that stuff, but Ultimately, you're going to need depth. You're going to you look at what the NFL has had in terms of problems. A good, good example would be the Denver Broncos. All of a sudden, they're without every single quarterback on their roster, and they end up having to bring up a practice squad wide receiver who played a little quarterback in college. I mean, what does that tell you, right? It's important to have depth. It's going to be important to have a third point guard. And there's some other guys. You know, we've got what's nice about the way the Wolves have constructed their roster is they have a number of players that are going to be able to play multiple positions. And that's going to be a really big key to what the Wolves do going forward. So let's just say as an example, let's say there's an injury, let's say there's some COVID issues, and we have a similar thing to what happened with the Denver Broncos. Well, look at the way the roster is set up. Jared Culver can play some emergency point guard. He played point guard a little bit last year. I do think that was an experiment that did not work out very well. But in a pinch, can he do it? Of course. So that is one of those things where I do like the flexibility they have in that spot. Malik Beasley, obviously, is going to uh, – he's a competent ball handler. Now you bring on – look at the draft, right? You bring on Anthony Edwards. That's going to be huge for uh, just the depth of the wing position. So now you're talking about point guard and your wing. You're fully stocked, right? In fact, some would argue you have too much talent, which is – to me, you can't ever have too much talent. But – The key is going to be in this COVID season, having all that extra talent is going to make it easier if you do have any issues. But in addition to that, I do look at it. It's never a problem to have too much uh, good young talent. Plus, you don't know which guys are going to pan out. A good good point would be people wonder who's going to get the minutes. Obviously, Anthony Edwards, number one overall pick, that guy's getting minutes, guaranteed. Now, is he going to start? I'm not sure about that. But you look at the really big matchup is going to be Jarrett Culver, and Josh Okogie. And the big thing is, which one of them is going to figure out how to shoot first? We talk about the, the defensive end. Jared Culver's a good defender. I would argue Josh Okogie's a great defender, at least on ball. I do think there's a lot to like about him as a defender. Really, really talented. Now, if you add in the offensive end of things, there's big question marks for both Jared Culver and for Josh Okogie. Now, I will say this. If I'm taking one of the guys for defense, like who am I taking? I'm taking Josh Okogie. When you look at the offensive side of the ball, who am I going to take? I am definitely going to take Jarrett Culver. I like Josh Okogie. And now I don't love either of them on the offensive end, but I think you get a more complete player when it comes to Jarrett Culver on the offensive end. He just possesses some more skills. And the one thing we saw from him in the second half of the season mainly was some improvements as far as being a jump shooter. So can that improvement continue? We've seen some uh, highlight videos or I guess some empty gym videos from Josh Akogi this offseason. The jump shot looks more, looks improved. But I'll say this. There were times last year where I felt like the jump shot actually looked okay. So until we actually see it in-game, doesn't really matter much. Anybody can beat a chair, right? Anybody can beat the air. Anybody can hit open shots in a gym. Can you hit them in-game? Can you hit them when the defense is there? Can you hit them when the game is on the line? 
Those are all really important questions that we have to ask on both of those players. And so we'll see. Now, uh, I, I did see someone recently put that there's the rumor that uh, the, the roster to start off the season would be with uh, Jarrett Culver playing the three. We'll see about that. We'll see if that's how it's going to work. And obviously the way that would work would be Delo at the one, you have Beasley at the two, you have Culver at the three, Wancho at the four, Towns at the five. Is that the way it's going to be? I don't know. I do think they have a lot of options when you look at this roster. Uh, keep in mind they just made a trade now for Ed Davis. Now Ed Davis is, by all accounts, going to be, he would be used as a center on this team, a good defensive center. And if you look at the options we have right now, can Carl Towns physically be a good defender? Of course, but it just hasn't happened yet. Now, I will say this. At the start of last season, he looked improved on the defensive end. It did not stay that way, but he did look improved for a stretch, and so we need that to continue. We need him to take some strides on the defensive end. You have uh, David Vanderpool that's obviously shown, and he has a history of doing some really great things with players that he, the, he coached up in Portland. We were very fortunate to not lose him. And so can David Venterpool get some of these guys that are not known for defense, that have not played good defense, can he get them to take that next step? Whether it's Towns, whether it's D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell has been a bad defender. I mean, I mean, he just isn't a good defender at this stage. There's a number of players on this roster that fit that bill, but they've started to round it out a little better. If you look at Anthony Edwards, not a good defender in college. I don't want to hear anyone say that he was, but there were flashes and that's going to be key. Can you unlock that? Can you get that where he's locked in every possession? The key, the one thing I really like about Anthony Edwards is in the pre-draft process, he spoke on that. And he said, yes, I need to be more accountable. I need to take care of this. I need to be locked in all the time. And he says that he's already been working on it, and he's got a plan in place to make sure that he's locked in all the time. I, I love it. Let's, let's see it happen on the court. It's much like we talked about with Josh Kogi, with Jared Culver. It's great seeing you do things in the gym when no one else is there. What are we going to see when you're on the court and you're in big games, in big moments, when the defense is there? That's going to be pretty important. And so those are the things that we're going to watch for coming into this season. Now we talk about the addition of Ed Davis. How does that impact Nas Reed? Now, I will say this. I'm higher on Nas Reed on the defensive end than most people, probably higher than anyone. Not that he's a good defender, but I saw last year that I think he could be a passable defender. He's very good at doing the uh, my, favorite, my favorite phrase when it comes to the defensive end and big men, guys that defend inside, is elbows to ears. you got to have your hands up, elbows to ears. And then the other thing people don't seem to get is that just because your arms are up in the air doesn't mean that your body can't commit a foul. Your lower body, when you jump, if you jump forward as opposed to up and then you hit a guy, they're going to call foul, right? Well, if you watch closely Nas Reed last year, he was very good at having his hands up and he was very good at not committing fouls, but he got called for a lot of fouls. And I would argue if you watch closely, a lot of the fouls he got called for were bad calls, not bad fouls, but bad calls. I think he kind of got a raw deal as a rookie and I'm hoping in the second year that changes a little bit, but... It could also be that they say to Nas, look, here's the deal. You were able to contribute a lot last year. We're going to take a step back, not use you as much this season because we really want to get some improvements on the defensive end, and we do think that there's still some room for you to grow as a player. I will say this, fantastic shooter. And I do think, if you look at it from the lack of defensive end, when you go from Towns to Nas Reed, there's not a big drop-off in terms of how the player plays, right? Ability to stretch the floor, 
uh, has has the ability. Now he's he's not Carl Towns. He'll never be Carl Towns. No one's saying that he is, but he's kind of like a, a Carl Towns light, just in terms of the fact that he can do some of the same things as Carl Towns. Like I said, stretch the floor. Uh, he's a pretty good passer. I was very impressed there. So there's a lot to like, and I think the Wolves have a lot of options. And that brings up a guy we haven't even touched on much, Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt, to me, it seems like they're really high on him. Now, granted, they've brought in some extra pieces. Uh, Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson is is going to be a difference maker. But now you're talking about, you look at this team, and what are they going to do? Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, his contract's not guaranteed. All right. Now they, they it can be guaranteed. There's going to be a, a point where it does become guaranteed, but it's not guaranteed initially. Uh, and so he comes in as a training camp guy. The crazy thing is, so John Hollinger, when you looked at his uh, offseason plans or his offseason outlook, he thought that Ronnie House Jefferson would be a twelve million dollar guy. Think about that. And we we're getting him on like a vet man type situation, non guaranteed contract. That's crazy, and it's such good value. And the Wolves did such a good job. I look at this team, and I'm on record. I've said it on Twitter. People that follow me have probably seen it. I'm on record. I think the Wolves surprise people. I think they end up being a top-five seed in the West. I'm just going to say that. I think they're going to be a top-five seed in the West. Call me crazy if you want to. If you go through the different rosters, that's just how I feel. I do think that they're going to surprise some teams, and they're going to be a lot more impressive than people give them credit for. And a big part of that is... The moves that they made, Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson bringing him in, the trade for Ed Davis, you know, getting off of Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans, those were, those were crucial aspects. The next big decision is going to be, can they bring J-Mac in? If they can bring him in, what happens with Jalen Noel? They have that two-way spot. Is J-Mac going to get that two-way spot? I, to me, I don't think J-Mac wants to take that risk and be a two-way player. I think he wants a real contract. Now, <clears throat> as we transition into <clears throat> our 2K sim for this week, we have done just that, by the way. So uh, what we actually ended up doing is we did grab Jordan McLaughlin, got him in a, uh, a three-year deal. The way we have it set up, he's making like two, three million a year. Um, uh, we just wanted to do something kind of basic, but it, three years gives us control. So if we have him for three years, that would give us the bird rights, which is huge. I think anytime you can, you always want to have a shot at bird rights. I, I think that's key. And maybe it's one of those things where he gets a two-year deal and he gets a some sort of a you know, team option to get us that third year. Maybe it's going to be the the Sashin, the, the, the Gupta special, uh, what you talk about with Nas Reed, Jalen, all those types of things. Time will tell. Obviously, there's there's a little bit of back and forth. We talk about how we hear they want him back, but here we are, and the season's not that long away, and he's not back. And to me, that tells me that there's obviously some sort of a divide between Jordan McLaughlin's camp and the Timberwolves, what they're offering. So we'll see. But for now, let's go over the roster. So obviously, D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, Jordan McLaughlin, and Ashton Haggins. We did. So Ashton Haggins, obviously, for anyone that missed this, is the one two-way we grabbed. I'm a huge Ashton Haggins fan. I really, really like what he brings to the table as far as being a defensive player. Such a good defensive player. Question marks on the offensive end. That's a thing. And, and to be honest, if you look at our roster, we have a number of guys where it's defensive specialists, offensive question marks. That's... That's kind of the thing we've gone with. But at the same time, we've got offensive guys with defensive question marks. Can Ryan Saunders and company, can they bring that together and make that into a productive squad? I think they can. And again, Ricky Rubio is going to be a big part of that. Let's take a look. So shooting guards, we have Malik Beasley, of course, who just signed his four-year $60 million deal. And then you have Anthony Edwards. I think initially, Beasley's going to start. The one thing that could be changing it, of course, would be 
Does he get suspended? If he does get suspended, does he get suspended further down the road? Is it one of those things where it's a little bit of a, a drawn-out process? There's an appeal. Maybe it's one of those things where he gets to start the season and then he takes a break. I'll say this. If Anthony Edwards at any point takes over the starting role, I'm not sure that I see any way he gives it back up. I think that's how good Anthony Edwards can be is that he's going to step out there and he can take it over. But that's not a knock on Malik Beasley because I talked about this last year and I talked about this during the offseason. People wanted to trade for Devin Booker. I'll tell you right now, I think Malik Beasley can become that third star. It just depends on if he wants to be. It depends if he can stay out of trouble. There's question marks that I didn't necessarily have at the end of last season that I have now. And a big part of that is now Anthony Edwards is in the picture, and I think that's going to help to push Beasley even more. Now, granted, he's a hard worker. I get that. But there's more to basketball than just being a hard worker, and time's going to tell what ends up becoming of him as a player. But, again, if he gets suspended and Anthony Edwards steps in, I think it's going to be tough. Uh, thing about Anthony Edwards, by the way, is he just grew. So he came in. He originally was listed at six five. They've talked about now he is actually listed at six foot six. So he just grew another inch. So that's one of the question marks that we now have is if you're the Timberwolves and you have this idea that you want to be able to use players in different roles or in different positions. And a lot of times, one thing that you'll see from the Wolves is they're going to use guys. Uh, in different positions than maybe you would normally see. They like to go small ball. So are there going to be lineups where they can use Anthony Edwards at the four? I, I think yes. I think they might try things like that just to see what, what kind of what they can do. And it gives you uh, something to work with. Now six foot six, and obviously he's, he's built, right? He's a strong player. He comes into the league. A lot of players come in this league, and they're not that strong. He comes in, and day one he has, to me, an NBA body. And so that's going to be huge for his development. It's going to make the transition a lot simpler. Uh, moving on to the small forwards, we have Jarrett Culver, Josh Akogi. You have Jake Lehman, who obviously plays some three and some four. You then have Jaden McDaniels, again, three and some four. Jaden McDaniels, by the way, he's not going to play much this first season. I think he's going to live in the G League. He has talent. There's no question. In fact, I think some people would argue he has one of the higher ceilings from this draft class, right? Um, and so we'll see what happens there. Uh, time will tell. It's very interesting. If nothing else, it's very interesting. And then uh, actually for our two-way, second two-way, because we signed Jordan McLaughlin, uh, just for fun, we actually signed me, uh, Rob Hess. I am a uh, kind of a, I made myself, uh, so I'm part of the draft class. There's a, for anyone that doesn't know this, we have the official Nothing But Net draft class. You can find that on original X, or Xbox One as opposed to the next-gen systems now, uh, which we have not gotten that set up yet. But, but you can find us, if you search NBN-radio, is, the, is my gamer tag, and that's how you can find our draft class as well as our roster. And the draft class does include a number of draft pundits, and I am one of those people. Uh, Aaron, uh, my, my co-host, as well as Kevin, our other co-host, he is, those guys are both in the game. And I wanted to grab someone that, uh, again, I'm not going to impact the game much. I'm not, we're not putting me into training camps. These are all players, by the way, that we added into this draft class that are only going to impact the game if you want them to. That was kind of our goal. But just to grab a, a second-way guy a, or a two-way guy and see what they kind of turn into, uh, I grab myself uh, in that regard. So then we go to the power forward. You have Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, of course, Juancho Hernan Gomez, and Jared Vanderbilt. Now, the goofy thing is I was when you go into the roster and then you go to lineups and you say, all right, I want the CPU to rebuild the lineup. Let's see what it looks like. We did that, and they actually still have Juancho Hernan Gomez starting, which I liked. Because even though he's not a higher overall, he does fit the system. 
and I think they like what he brings to the table offensively. So we'll go over the kind of the way we have that set up in a little bit here. And then you have Carl Towns, Nas Reed, and, of course, Ed Davis. Let's take a look at how we've kind of set this up as far as the coaching game plan. So you have uh, D'Angelo Russell. We've got him slated to uh, you know, have around 30. Right now they have him set up as 37 minutes a game, which is pretty high. I do think we're going to actually change that and move that down a bit. So we've moved it to 30 minutes. We're moving Anthony Edwards. Right now Anthony Edwards is set as a starter. We're moving him down to 25 minutes. Same with Jarrett Culver. In fact, Jarrett Culver I would even maybe consider moving down to 20 minutes. And then Wancho, I put him at 25. And then Carl Towns, I have him at 32 minutes. And the reason we're doing this is because we just want to ensure that we can use all the players and kind of take a look and see what we get out of them. Malik Beasley's at 25 minutes. Same with Ricky Rubio. Jordan McLaughlin. Now, the game has Jordan McLaughlin playing minutes, but I'm not going to be doing that, at least not initially. Because to me... I don't know that you can play him over a guy like Josh Kogi. That makes to me that doesn't make sense. You can't play him over Jake Lehman when you're looking at how this team is built. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. So let's take a look here. So Ronnie House Jefferson, we're going to give him uh, ten minutes a game. We're going to give Josh Kogi twenty minutes because he's a good player. I mean, he he we know what he brings to the table. We're going to give uh, let's see fifteen minutes to Jake Lehman, and then who else? We've got. Uh, a number of guys that would make some sense. I think what we're going to do is now I will say this. Ed Davis is a 71 overall is how they have him set up right now. Not very good. Ed, Ed or Nas Reed is actually a 74. So it, that makes it a little tough, but I think if we want defense, if that's what we're really going for, we're going to give those minutes to Ed Davis. So we're going to give him 13 minutes a game. And I think that's pretty solid. In fact, we're going to actually bring that down just slightly we're going to go to 12 minutes, give an extra minute to Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson, and I think we're good to go there. I think that's a, a solid setup for us. As far as training camps are concerned, we sent D'Angelo Russell, Carl Towns, we sent Anthony Edwards, and we sent Jaden McDaniels. Those are the four guys that we end up sending to the, to the training camps to really ensure that they can kind of take that next step as far as development is concerned. So now we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump ahead to simulations and we will simulate through to the tr just before the trade deadline and we'll take a look and see how the team is performing there you're listening to dash radios nothing in a channel and this is the howl all right so now we are actually at the all-star break or i should say the all-star selection process and let's take a look at who made the rosters so you have team lebron which is lebron james Giannis, kevin durant trey young and luka Doncic. Reserves, Steph Curry, Jimmy Butler, Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam, Zach Levine, and Bam Idris Adebayo. You have on team Kyrie, who is, he is the captain apparently. So it's Kyrie, Damian Lillard, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Nikolai Jokic, James Harden, Paul George, Anthony Davis. Our guy Carl Towns makes it. That's his fourth appearance, uh, according to the game anyways. That's where, it's, that's where they have him so far through Sims. Donovan Mitchell, two-time All-Star. Chris Middleton, and first-time All-Star, DeAndre Ayton. So there you go. There you have it. A number of uh, number of centers on that list, too. Uh, very interesting. But Carl Towns makes it. Part of the reason I wanted to look at that is to see if uh, on the off chance D'Angelo Russell made it. But uh, unfortunately, he did not. Uh, team has actually been pretty good. We've had some interesting trade offers. The Celtics are trying very hard to take D'Angelo Russell and give us Kemba Walker. But for obvious reasons, I said no to that. 27 and 25 is our record at the trade deadline, which is pretty good. Let's take a look at uh, where we're sitting in the standings. 
So in the Western Conference, we are outside of the playoffs right now. So we're above 500. We're actually the we're the the worst above 500 team. The team behind us would be 20 and 33 Golden State Warriors. So we got them by a pretty wide margin. And then we're uh, right behind the Pelicans at 28 and 25 and uh, the Lakers 30 and 23. So we're right there. We're right in the thick of things. Three, four, five, six, seven. So right now we're the ninth seed. Uh, so I do believe they've talked about the possibility of a of the of a play-in tournament, if I recall. Now the game doesn't have that in this uh, in these simulations or anything like that, but that is something to keep in mind. So uh, let's take a look at some of the uh, season statistics for our players. Let's actually take a look first at the rookie report. Uh, Anthony Edwards is your top rookie so far. 14.5 points per game, 1.8 rebounds. That's not great. 2.2 uh, assists per game, uh, just under a steal a game. Uh, 1.4 turnovers, 37% from three, which is solid. You take that. 86% free throw shooting, and 52% overall as far as the shooter is concerned. Hey, that is not bad. Other notable names, you have Killian Hayes at two. How about this? One of my favorite players, Grant Riller, is three. You have uh, Denny Avdia. He is uh, fourth. Uh, with the Wizards, obviously. You have Cole Anthony as five. Patrick Williams as six. Uh, Zeke Naji, Minnesota's own, at seven. You have LaMelo Ball, obviously a very solid player there at eight for the Hornets. And then we have Udoka Azabuki and Tyrese Halliburton round out the top ten. So kind of an interesting uh, development there. Looking at some of the other players that I'm a big fan of to see where they're at. Thirteenth would be Isaac Okoro, one of my favorite players in this draft class. Uh, Tyrese Maxey is 16th, an absolute steal he was for the 76ers. Jay Scrub, love Jay Scrub. I think he's going to really surprise some people and be a very talented player. He is 18th. And Obi Toppin, who I'm not a big fan of, and who the Knicks actually tried to trade us. And I obviously said no because I don't want Obi Toppin on this team. But uh, he is 19th, uh, just to go over some of those uh, specifics. How about let's take a look at league leaders and see do we have anyone on this list uh, some sections that I'd look at would be rebounds per game, which Carl Towns is fourth at 13.2. The leader is actually DeAndre Ayton at almost 15 rebounds a game. Pretty impressive. And then let's look at assists per game. I'm curious uh, if anyone – I think the issue we run into is that Ricky Rubio is probably not going to be starting, and so it's tough, but they're actually hand-in-hand. Hand. How about this? 20 and 21 are Russell and Rubio, 6.4 for Russell, 6.3 assists per game for Ricky Rubio. I'll take that. I mean, I'm – Tough to really complain about that. How about points per game? Uh, your leader is Damian Lillard at 33.7. And let's go down the list a little bit and see, do we have a Carl Towns setting? Hey, Carl Towns, top 15, 27 points per game so far. Very solid performance there. Uh, 27 points per game. He's averaging 13.2 rebounds and almost five assists. Those are solid numbers. Those are KG numbers, right? Uh, for anyone that followed KG's career, you get a lot of those 2010 and 5 games. Uh, you saw some of that from Kevin Love. That's that's one of those things where the Wolves have been very, very fortunate. There's a lot of things the Wolves haven't been fortunate with, but that is one area where we have. He is also, uh, Carl Towns, just under one steal a game and at 1.4 blocks per game, which I'm sure uh, 1.4 could be top 20. Could be top 20. I don't know. Let's see. So 1.4 would net him 20th. So he's literally at 20. So technically top 20. I, w I was not wrong. <laughs> I'm curious, what is he shooting? So 52% overall, well, 51.5 to be fair, and 44% uh, from three and 83% from the free throw line. How about them, Apples? That is solid. I am very, very pleased there. A lot to like. How about our guy, 
Let's take a look. The one guy I'm curious of is going to be, what are we getting from D'Angelo Russell? So we'll start off. Let's take a look. Points per game. You know, as far as point guards are concerned, he's seventh in the league, 23.9. So basically 24 points per game. That is fantastic. You would take that all day, every day. He's shooting 54% from the field. And how about from three? 48% from three. That's crazy that that's actually happening. I mean, that's very, very solid. And, and obviously what we're seeing from these players is exactly why uh, we want – this is why we're sitting here at 27-25, which is, for anyone that's not aware, if you look at the over-under for the Wolves going into the season, uh, they're listed right around 29 or 30 games is what they're predicted to win. That's what Vegas has them at. I would take the over, hands down. Now, the thing to keep in mind, by the way, with uh, 30 wins is it's not that far off from being 500 because 72 games. It's not an 82-game season. So 36 games get you there. So things to keep in mind. Uh, let's take a look here at the team as a whole. So what are we getting from Malik Beasley? 14.5 points per game. He is getting us 2.4 rebounds and 1.2 assists. That's not great. Um, you know, neither of those numbers really stand out. Uh, funny thing, during the, pr- during the conference call, I believe it was today, today or yesterday, they were talking about Ryan Saunders, and uh, they were mentioning Malik Beasley on defense. And Beasley from the background chimes in, first team, all defense. Well, the simulation isn't seeing it so far. So Malik Beasley does have a ways to go. I do think, if you watch back last season, I, I will argue that Malik Beasley's a better defender than people give him credit for, but he's by no means a great defender, right? He's just, I'm saying he's better than I think people realize. Um, by the way, he's 41%, 40.9% from three, which is good to see. How about our guy, Wancho? See, Wancho came back down to earth. This is what people are worried about when it comes to Wancho. You know, he's in the 40s last season in that small, I think it was 16-game sample size. Now you take a look at what he's done this season, 33% from three. That's not going to cut it. And I'll tell you right now, if that's what he's doing, if that's how poorly he's shooting from three, I don't think he's holding on to that power forward spot. Now, I'm not going to make the change right now. I do think that... It, it doesn't make sense chemistry-wise to make that change. Uh, so we are going to stick with him at the four. But that's just something to monitor, that he's just not doing it. He's not able to put up the numbers yet. So here we go. We're going to jump into the second half of the season. Remember, 27 and 25 is our current record. And uh, away we go. And we're not going to make any trades. Let's just keep the team as is. I think we got a lot of nice pieces. And uh, we're over 500, and we're right in the thick of things for the playoff race. To me, there's no reason to change. Uh, a rough start to the post-trade deadline as we get blown out by both the Knicks and the Hawks. And now we close loss to the Nets, which is good to see, close loss to the Nuggets, but now we're talking about a five-game losing streak. And this is, this is getting ugly, but a nice win against Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat. Nice win against the Wizards, and we're moving in the right direction a little bit. Close loss, oh, two-point loss to the Mavs. So two losses to the Mavs in two weeks. And a loss to the Bulls. A blowout loss to the Bulls, a blowout loss to the Wizards, and just like that, we're thirty and thirty-three, and it's getting a little ugly. We are likely not making the playoffs anymore. We we really had a nice start to the season in that first half of the season. I really thought we could uh, really make some waves, and we did that. But unfortunately, we have started to come down to earth now, and that's not that's not all that surprising. We actually cannot finish now. Granted, this is a full eighty-two season with this simulation, but we can't finish with uh, 36 and 36. That's not possible now. We're 33 and 39 as we're hitting mid-May, and it's it's not good. Now, we're competitive most games. I'm going to say that it's a lot of close losses. Uh, there are some blowouts. I mean, that's to be expected with a younger team. But uh, overall, we've had a lot of uh, really competitive basketball. 
We are 33 and now 33 and 44, and uh, not a good second half of the season. There's there's a lot of things to be upset about. Team chemistry has really taken a, a dump. We are down into the 50s now as far as team chemistry is concerned. Which you know, for anyone that plays 2K, that is not good. That is definitely not good. But we talked about the over, and we did it. We finished 35 and 47. So uh, that'd be one game short of 500 if it was a 72 game season. Keep that in mind. But there's a lot of losses there, so you know it offsets. So Giannis is your MVP. Isaac Okoro, wow. Isaac Okoro is the rookie of the year. I have not seen that yet. So uh, that's kind of interesting. And we are using, like I talked about, the rosters and draft class from uh, MBN Dash Radio. So, again, you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing But That Channel. We are the Howl, and we are doing our simulations right now, and we actually are using the official Nothing But Net roster and the official Nothing But Net draft class. Sixth man is Devontae Graham. And by the way, if you want to use that draft class as well, make sure you have a, an original Xbox One. We don't have it set up for the next-gen systems yet, but an Xbox One, you can search gamertag nbn-radio, and you can find us that way. Uh, sixth man, again, is Devontae Graham. Giannis is Defensive Player of the Year. By the way, Giannis is with the Mavericks. I don't know when that happened. Um, interesting. And DeAndre Eaton is your most improved player. Rick Carlisle is your coach of the year. Like, it's that difficult, right? They've got Luka, and they've got Giannis, and they've got Chris. I mean, come on. That's a really talented team. Plus, added some of the rookies from this season. That's a really good team. Uh, so very interesting there. Let's take a look at all NBA teams. And Carl Anthony Towns is all NBA second team. Very cool to see that. And unfortunately, we do not have all NBA for our guy, D'Angelo Russell. I thought there was an outside chance that could happen, but uh, it did not. So... We'll keep, uh, we'll keep on trucking there. Let's take a look at all defensive. It's possible some of our guys can make it, but actually, here's the deal. On all defensive second team, we have Matisse Thibel and DeJounte Murray. Now, granted, they might have larger roles depending on the teams they're with. Um, Jonathan Isaac actually made first team, but he's not going to be playing next year. He's very seriously injured, sadly. But uh, what I'm, my point was going to be, I do think Josh Okoge eventually could make an all defensive team if he gets the minutes. Uh, all rookie, we have... Anthony Edwards ends up being all-rookie second team. So the first half of the season, he was dominant, right? I mean, he was the rookie, and now he dropped down to second team. Let's take a look here at some of the statistics. I'm curious what happened and what changed. So if we go to the rookie report, they still have him as, as number two on the rookie report. And I think, uh, well, I guess if you go by the rookie report, it's just based off of points per game initially. And he did come back down to earth. He was shooting 37% from three, 33 to end the season. Not good. I mean, 33% is not going to cut it. We do need him to be better than that. I mean, we just do. Uh, let's take a look at player stats. Uh, 27 and a half for Carl, which is good to see. 22 for D'Angelo. So D'Angelo, he dropped a little bit. Uh, so some of the players did drop a little bit. Uh, how about assists per game? They still stuck right around that same spot, him and Rubio. So Russell and Rubio. How about from the three-point land? Let's see. Carl Towns stuck with 44%, which is good. 43 from Russell. You're seeing solid performances there. Malik Beasley dropped a little bit, but he's still at 39%. Again, we touched on Edwards. 33% is not going to cut it. Uh, Culver and Rubio right around 35 36%, which isn't bad. Wancho, uh, very solid. I'm glad we stuck with him. He was able to improve that. And on the season, 37%. That's like right around league average or slightly above, I believe. So that's pretty good. And uh, some of the other guys, Jake Lehman, not good from three. And Josh Okogie. It looks like the open gym did not do him service as he, uh, you know, he just was not impressive. Uh, just didn't get the job done. By the way, Ashton Haggins has 
absolutely been lights out in the in the as a two-way prospect. He is now up to a 74 overall. He was a 65, I believe, when we drafted him. Or I not drafted, but when we brought him in as a two-way prospect. So very cool to see that. He really jumped off the page. So cool to see there. I mean, a lot to like about this roster. Jordan McLaughlin, by the way, all the way up to a 78 now. And you got to love that. Nas Reed's moved up to a 75. Ed Davis is a 72. So we've seen improvements from a ton of players. Love seeing that. And hopefully that really continues. Jared Culver's up to a 79. Keep in mind, Culver, uh, Okogi, Hernan Gomez, some of these other guys, we did not use training camps on them. We stuck with just the the main young cogs. And uh, that's where we're at as far as the team is concerned. So very cool there. But again, this is uh, one season, and it was not meant to be as far as the uh, playoffs are concerned. But that's okay. Uh, some surprises, by the way. Sacramento Kings were the five seed in the West. The Lakers were the seven seed. Now, granted, I will say this. I did not go in and make the changes yet. I'm just thinking of this now. I did not go in and make the changes to the, the Lakers roster, some of the players they added and subtracted. So their roster is not, uh, is not as accurate as it could be. But again, we're talking Giannis is on the Mavs. That's not happening. Uh, so uh, that's one thing to keep in mind. But he must have gotten traded. There was some sort of you know, some sort of backroom deal, and it happened. And there you go. The Boston Celtics, by the way, are your NBA champions. I, I don't think that's happening. They did beat. Now I will say the Nets made it. The number one seed actually in the um, in the East was the Hawks, surprisingly, and they lost in the first round. Less surprising. So there you have it. Uh, let's take a look at the offseason here. We'll just jump through quick at the league meetings. Nothing changed there. And uh, here we are at the draft lottery. Now, keep in mind, uh, the Wolves do not have a selection right as of right now in this draft. So we're going to have to see what's it going to take to get ourselves back in this draft, whether it's a second-round pick, whether it's a first-round pick. Time will tell what we're able to uh, bring in. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel, and this is The Howl. All right, so we are at the draft, and we actually made a trade to get into the 2020, what would be, I guess, the 2021 class. We traded two 2021 second-round picks and Jake Lehman to get the 21st pick in the draft from the Miami Heat. So we'll take that. I think that's a fair trade, all things considered. And Jake Lehman's a guy that could contribute right away. If you're a team like the Heat, you don't necessarily need another young player. You're obviously one of the top teams in the league. So let's take a look here, and we will simulate to our pick. Now, we are using the OES ENT, which I assume is entertainment, but I don't know that. But that's my guess. Uh, OES Entertainment would be the uh, the group. So there's that. We do not have a nothing but net 2021 class, but we will eventually. That is something I'll be working on. Part of my uh, other show, Robin Hoop Radio, uh, is the uh, partner there. So look for that down the road. But for now, we're using the OES uh, ENT. And it is our pick now. We are going to simulate to pick number 21. And let's see who's available out of this 2021 class. It's a very, very good class. And so for obvious reasons, we wanted to be a part of this. Uh, Looking at some of the names, I mean, a huge name jumps off the page right away, which is Scotty Lewis. And uh, I know that's surprising. There's also some interesting, so Isaiah Joe is in this class, which means they haven't updated their class. Uh, Wendell Moore is there, so they've got some interesting. Uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, he's a guy that's that people have really started to to appreciate and like in this class. Looking at some of the other options, Aaron Henry from uh, Michigan State, a uh, very good player. So there's there's definitely some names that uh, people would probably I think get excited about uh, as far as that class is concerned. 
Charles Bassey is a guy that I, I personally really, really like. And he's, he, you know, he obviously had an injury last season, and that changed things for him. But he's healthy right now, and he's playing at a high level. The downside to him, of course, is that he plays on a team that doesn't have a ton of um, – they're not going to play a lot of competition, like a tough competition, so that's a little tough. So uh, that's one thing uh, to watch for. Let's go by uh, Draft Express and just uh, the Draft Express ranks. So Scotty Lewis would be considered the best available player. The downside, of course, would be that's another player that um, you know fills that kind of that wing. But you're talking uh, they have him listed at six six seven foot four wingspan. I don't know if that's accurate, but he is definitely the best player available. And so I do think uh, it's it's tough to pass up on that. Even though we don't necessarily need another wing, I do think uh, you have to go with the best player available in this instance. So we are grabbing Scotty Lewis. A uh, very solid pick. They say Scotty Lewis was a joy to watch last season at Florida. So there you go. He's very savvy is what uh, Zach Harbour says as uh, you're watching this. So we are going to uh, simulate to the end there because we do not have any other picks because we did trade our picks. Uh, so there you have that. Uh, let's take a look here. So we obviously will sign Scotty Lewis. And then we jump into team and player options. Jared Culver and Josh Kogi, obviously the two big names uh, that are going to compete a bit with him as far as minutes are concerned. But we're obviously going to hold on to them. Uh, qualifying offer is extended to Haggins and myself. Um, I'm actually not going to extend a qualifying offer to me. We don't want – like my goal isn't to have uh, Rob Hess, my player, have any sort of impact on this simulation. It was one of those things where we just grabbed him as a two-way prospect uh, just because he was one of the, be- the better two-way guys in case we needed somebody. So Ashton Haggins, though, is interesting. He's all the way up to a 74. Now, he is 22 years old, of course, and so you look at it like he's definitely not – as good as Jordan McLaughlin, right? And you don't want to lose D'Angelo Russell. You don't want to lose Ricky Rubio. So I think I've talked myself into probably letting him go. I just don't think you're going to be able to afford him, and that's a fourth point guard. Uh, he's just not going to be better than the options you already have on the team. So we have actually rescinded that qualifying offer. Let's take a look at who's available for two-way prospects and go from there again for anyone that does not listen to The Howl on a regular basis or uh, any of our shows where we uh, dive into this. We also have our NBA 2K League show where we've done a lot of work with the, the not only the 2K League, of course, because we are the flagship station of the NBA 2K League. We also you know, have been covering the game itself for a long time. Uh, one thing to keep in mind when you're doing two-way offers or looking for players, the best way to do it is to first sort by age, and then you sort by uh, lowest to highest uh, as far as expected salary. And then you're going to get the guys that are the most talented and also willing to accept two-way, uh, two-way deals. So taking a look, it looks like Paula Bua is available. So we're going to grab him. He's got some of the best potential. So we'll grab uh, him as a two-way prospect, which is good. And then we'll see what else is available as far as two-way two-way prospects out of this draft class. Or some of these guys are probably from the from our draft class as well. All right, so let's take a look here. Looks like one of the top players would be Elton Barnes, who is a center. Now we obviously we obviously have the center position, you know, pretty well filled. But at the same time, 19 years old, 68 overall. I think that's a, a good guy to take a chance on as a two-way prospect. So Elton Barnes will be the second one. So boom, boom. Now, do we want to keep keep a guy like Ed Davis? What about Rondé Hollis-Jefferson? There's some guys on this list that we have to consider. So we are, for now, going to keep a cap hold on Davis and Jefferson in hopes that maybe we can re-sign them. I think they'd be really good depth pieces. But, of course, a lot of it's going to depend on what they actually want. If we're able to get them for, let's say, a veteran minimum type salary, then I do think it makes a lot of sense. 
because we're not going to have any cap space. In fact, right now, let's take a look as we jump into actual free agency. We'll see what the cap room is. And so we are at negative $34 million. So we're $34 million over the cap. It's not surprising most teams at this stage of the season or at this stage of the careers are going to be guys that are you know over the cap. Most teams are going to be over the cap. In fact, when you get to a certain point in 2K, there's pretty much no teams that are not over the cap. So that's just one thing to kind of consider. All right, so looking at our options. Right now we have 13 players. If we were to just bring back Ronnie Hollis-Jefferson and Dave, and Ed Davis, that's it. That would, that would round out our team. And that's honestly not that bad of a deal. Those are guys that are going to help out your chemistry. They're good, solid players. And I think they fit need as well. And I think that's a pretty important thing to think about. So I think we may actually just look to keep them. It looks like, I mean, they were solid guys. They don't, they're not playing major minutes, but they definitely have a role. The only thing with Ed Davis is he didn't improve much, and Nas Reed's actually a better prospect or a better player at this stage. Not defensively, of course, but that's kind of where I'm at with this. So let's take a look here. Are there players that make some sense in terms of inside defense? So uh, my, <laughs> it's funny. One of the uh, best inside defenders is listed as Kevin Draves, who is uh, my co-host, of course. We're not going to grab him because he's not a real not a real player, so we don't want to make the change in that regard. So we have, uh, you know, you can grab a guy like Taco Fall who's available. He actually, in real life, just signed another two-way deal with the Boston Celtics. We don't have a lot of money, though, and he's actually suggested to make a decent amount, which is a little surprising, I would say. Um, so Ed Davis, let's keep looking because I'm a little... I'm a little intrigued by some of these guys. Ronnie Hollis Jefferson, by the way, I didn't realize how young he still is. He's only 24 years old. So uh, it makes me like that signing even more, that he really is in that same time frame as a lot of your core pieces. And so who knows? Maybe he ends up panning out uh, more than you realize. So I think that's where we're going to leave this section. We're going to finish up free agency off the air, and we'll come back and simulate one more season, and we'll go from there. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel, and we are the Howl your source for Timberwolves Radio. All right, so we jump into looking at the roster as we finished up that offseason. We have D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, and Jordan McLaughlin as our point guards. Shooting guards, we have Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, and Scotty Lewis. Small forwards, Jarrett Culver, Josh Okoge, and Jaden McDaniels. Power forwards, Wancho Hernan Gomez, Jared Vanderbilt. Now we were trying to get back... Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, but in the game, he actually is demanding way too much money, so we weren't actually able to re-sign him, uh, surprisingly. It was very odd. So instead, we actually grabbed uh, Kata Bates-Diop uh, on a three-year deal, making not a lot of money. So that was a, a really solid move, if you ask me. Fits really well. He's actually, for anyone that isn't aware of this, he recently signed a deal with the Spurs. So he's actually part of the Spurs organization. Very good pickup for them. And then we do have Paula Bua as one of our two-way prospects. And then centers, we have Carl Anthony Towns, Nas Reed. Elton Barnes, our two-way prospect. Then we just signed a one-year deal on a player named Bill West. He is a 22-year-old. He is 62 overall. That's not why we got him. He's not a, not a great player, but he can play pretty good interior defense. He would actually be a B-plus for interior defense. I just thought, since we couldn't re-sign our other guys, let's just grab a specialist on a one-year deal just as a depth piece. Uh, I didn't feel like it really mattered that much <clears throat> and just gets you to the roster where it needs to be. So taking a look at that, I think we got a pretty good shot of improving this season. And uh, we're going to jump ahead now. So we'll basically simulate, as we did before, we will simulate to the trade deadline 
and then take a look from there and see kind of, you know, what is the roster going to look like? How are we going to play? And we'll take a look from there. All right, so we are at All-Star Selection. We're going to just auto-draft all those just to take a look. So let's see, Team LeBron and Team Trey. Wow, that's crazy. So it's LeBron James, Giannis, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Luka Doncic. And then you have Damian Lillard, Anthony Davis, Jimmy Butler, Chris Middleton, John Morant, Malcolm Brogdon, and Bam Adebayo. That is Team LeBron. Team Trey, we have starters Trey Young, Steph Curry. Carl Anthony Towns is a starter, which is cool to see. Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid. James Harden, Paul George, Ben Simmons, Kawhi Leonard, Zion Williamson, Nick Vucevic, and Nikolai Jokic. Unfortunately, again, we do not have a sighting for D'Angelo Russell, but it's tough. In the West, nothing's guaranteed, and it's a very difficult it's a very difficult uh, conference to try to make it in. All right, so here we go. We're jumping in, and uh, the second half of the season is upon us. What kind of run are we going to make? Do we have some options? We are sitting now at a pretty good spot, 28-24. and 24. One change that I have made is that Ryan Saunders is now solely responsible for all lineup decisions. Uh, one reason I made that change is because I realized we hadn't set that up. And some of the players, more specifically, Nas Reed was getting mad that he wasn't playing because the same rotation that was set up at the beginning of the year by Ryan Saunders was still being used. So uh, in that instance, we changed it. And so now it's a daily basis. Ryan Saunders can, can change the settings. Or sorry, I should say we've made the settings change that Ryan Saunders can change the roster as far as lineups are concerned, not adding or subtracting players. So 29 and 27 uh, 30 and 27, it's still a little bit of a mixed bag as far as this season is concerned. A few weeks left, and we'll see what happens. All right, so we take a look at the superlatives. By the way, we finished 46 and 36, which is pretty good, right? That's an increase of, I think it was 10 wins. So nothing wrong with that. Luca is your MVP. By the way, 30.5 points, 8.9 rebounds, 10.5 assists. I mean, fantastic numbers, 44% from three. There's you know no shock he's MVP. We have Cade Cunningham as your rookie of the year. Again, not shocking. Cade Cunningham, by the way, putting up some monster numbers. Uh, 22 points, basically seven rebounds, basically seven assists, two steals. I mean, come on. This guy's the real deal, let's be honest. Uh, Jalen Suggs is your sixth man of the year. Talk about a good rookie class in 2021. I mean, that's there's so much to like. Defensive player of the year is Giannis and... Let's see, uh, most improved is Kobe White in Chicago. Rick Carlisle is, again, your coach of the year. Carl Anthony Towns, by the way, is All-NBA first team. That's right, All-NBA first team. Very impressive there by Carl. We have uh, All-NBA second team, nobody on that third team. Uh, All-defensive, nope, and All-rookie, nope, because, you know, Scotty Barnes wasn't playing. And here we go. We are the five seed in the West, and we're going to end the show here with the Let's simulate the playoffs and see how we do. Taking on the four seed, Thunder. 1-1 early on. 2-1, we are up. 2-2 as they tie it. 3-2, we are up. And we are moving on to the second round. Taking on, unfortunately, the first seed, Dallas. 1-0, we're up. Now we're uh, 1-1. 2-2. 3-2, we are down. And we have been eliminated in round number two. That's going to do it for the show this week. Remember, you've been listening to The Howl on Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Right, you folks at home, and until next time, in the let me get a howl. We'll watch history in the making. The first game ever for the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's the fifth pick.
1995 NBA draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Kevin Garnett from Farragut Academy in Chicago. And the Minnesota Timberwolves are going to the Western Conference Finals. Happy birthday, Kevin Garnett. Excited to be here. With that being said, you know I'm, I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of the head coach of the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's got to get it in. Does Wiggins drives across midcourt. 